What's in the bag? A shark or something? Put the bunny back in the box. Guys, five movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelicone. You are l- listening to episode ninety-five of the Quick Cage. If you're a purist, um, it is episode four of the Continuous Cage. Since Frank has finished his initial run of Cage movies, so we are just watching. Frank, he is just watching them in order. That was almost a slip. Um, I'm not putting myself on um, on the line for this thing. So, Frank, what um, recent Cage movie has uh, come out? So, tonight we're going to talk about 2023's psychological thriller, Sympathy for the Devil. Okay. Um, of course, it stars Nicolas Cage um, and also uh, Joel Hineman, I think is how you say it, because he's Swedish. Hmm. Uh, um, Charles Joel Nordstrom Hineman. So, uh, plays... Um, flag in the uh, um, suicide squad peacemaker dc universe mm. um this is pretty 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 fantastic movie i'm not gonna lie uh-huh. uh i thought it was gonna be kind of derivative of collateral okay. the um tom cruise jamie fox movie and in some ways it is um i'm gonna do something i don't really like doing when we do reviews which is I'm going to try and stay spoiler free. So I'm going to be vague about certain things because I think there's elements of this movie that are actually um, pretty cool to come into without any foreknowledge that they're going to happen. It's kind of just fun to, you know, sort of experience the movie. So, okay. Um, So the movie opens with Kinnaman is dropping his son off at his mother's house um, because he's on his way to, the birth of his second child um his wife is in labor at the hospital um it's revealed through conversation with his son that there was a miscarriage of a child that would have been born between the new baby and the son um and kinnaman's trying to kind of like assuage his son's fears that that's going to happen here but you can tell that he's got some nervousness about the whole thing anyway um, so it really builds him as like a loving father and a good husband. And, you know, it shows like this good father son relationship without like beating it over the head. And it's really just like five minutes before he drops the son off. Um, so he goes to the hospital, parks, he's getting ready to go in um, to see his wife. And Nicolas Cage gets in the back seat of the car. And Nicolas Cage has bright, dyed red hair. And looks like he's been drinking for, like, six days. Like, he's just, like, glassy-eyed and manic. Um, And immediately, like, he says, I need you to drive. And Kinnaman's, you know, get the fuck out of my car. Um, And I'm going to refer to him as Kinnaman and Cage because they never really... They they talk about names, but that's part of, like, the mystery, kind of. So, just we'll just call him that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Cage pulls a gun on Kinnaman and says, basically, like, you're going to drive me or I'm going to shoot you through your head um so he makes him you know take off 
so then for the next 45 ish minutes um no nah, maybe more than that about about an hour um it's really just the two of them kind of driving um talking to each other um cage implies that kinnaman knows him in the past and kinnaman says you know never heard of you before so there's this interplay between them where um cage just keeps kind of like vaguely implying a shared history um that kinnaman like refutes every time um they get at one point kinnaman uh, notices a police officer parked off the side of the road and intentionally speeds up to pass the cop um so he'll trigger you know like a speed trap which is what happens mm -hmm. um cop pulls him over uh kind of reminiscent of is that fargo right where um he shoots the cop um kind of reminiscent of that okay um where the cop comes over the cop's right. kind of a dick right um cage's character is sitting in the passenger seat and is sort of like prodding like pushing the cop's buttons like trying to get him to um trying to get him to react and ends up shooting him um and then like getting out of the like handcuff handcuffing t taking the keys and then getting out and shooting the cop through the head to kill him and then getting back on the car and forcing kinnaman to drive again so um there's another scene where kinnaman um accelerates really fast and then bails out of the car um which causes while cage is trying to light a cigarette which causes him to have to stop the car by like reaching down and pushing the um brake with his hand and um at that point he has kinnaman's phone so kinnaman's wife is calling because she's in labor and she's like where are you and um cage is just really like kind of an asshole to her and that's what forces Kinnaman finally out to be like, all right, fine. Like I'll, I'll take you. The premise is that, um, cage wants Kinnaman to drive him to Boulder city, I think, um, because his mother is in the hospital. They're dying from cancer and he just wants the ride to see his mom one more time. Okay. Um, which ends up, I guess not being true. Um, right. it's never really revealed if there is any kind of like sick mother and that was the original intent or if that's just a way that, cage was trying to hide his true intentions to get mm -hmm. kinnaman to drive him um so after some more back and forth they end up at a um, greasy spoon um because cage is hungry where they go in and they're served by a young waitress um cage forcing kinnaman to get food and then um there's you know like it's a how to explain Kind of reminded me of that episode of the Sandman TV series with um, Doctor Doctor D in the diner, mm -hmm. sort of, um, mm -hmm. where Cage is kind of like almost through force of will, like holding everyone in place, and people are afraid to do anything. And um, in the end, a gunfight ensues, um, and then Kinnaman gets away, and Cage chases him, and that leads into the end of the movie. Um, which I really don't want to talk too much about because, again, I think there's a lot of really good stuff in the end of the movie. Okay. Um, and it's really satisfying. Uh, I think open-ended enough where you're not 100% certain, like, what happens, but um, with enough of an ending where it's still satisfying. So, it, again, so, so listening to you, to, let me kind of, like, get you to say a couple things here about this movie. Listening to you telling me about... The, 
tell me about that and tell us about that uh it sounds a little boring i'll be honest like it sounds like you know okay maybe there's a couple like tense scenes so is it the tension that carries it is it the interactions or the conversations is it the... yeah it's, it's it's both those things it really okay. it's, it's the performances because both kenneman okay. and cage are really fantastic and really embrace the characters um cage is scenery chewing at times and over the top but restrained enough where he's still believable Mm -hmm. um and really plays this kind of this interesting like dichotomy in both of their characters because i mean you know essentially cage is at times appearing to play like a devil character or like some sort of like super evil character like a supernatural almost like type thing like almost but they never really like delve into that they just kind of give the way he appears and the way he's lit sometimes. Um, so it's like intimations rather than like yeah. actually coming out. Yeah, and there's yeah, never any kind of like supernatural. Not like a like, hitcher or anything like that. No. Uh-uh. Okay. All right. um, but they also do this thing where they have an interplay between them where sometimes there's a little break in the facade of Kinnaman's facade where he feels like maybe he's actually the antagonist and that there's some truth to what Cage is saying that implies that they have this shared history that maybe isn't necessarily so positive on the side of Kinnaman. Gotcha. Um, and that goes back and forth. Um, again, both characters played really well by the actors. Um, it really feels like almost like it could be a stage play and maybe that it was written as such. Um, where really it's, it's just force interaction between two people in a small environment. Um, and there's a lot of really good dialogue and a lot of, you know, again, like Cage is is, is just great in it, I think. Um, the times when they're out of the car are really tense and really well filmed. Um, I don't think it's ever, like, boring for a second. Um, it's funny sometimes in, like, a really black, like, dark humor kind of way. Um, but never boring. And it moves along at a really brisk pace. Um hour and a half i think right let me look at runtime oh that information is actually not available on wiki um yeah letting me down on wikipedia it was like an hour and it's, a, half. it's an hour and 30 minutes exactly yeah um, but it doesn't feel like it i mean it feels more like a 70 to 80 minute movie okay um and yeah just i don't know really good really well done um excellent road movie film mostly at night so it takes advantage of like you know like the the overhead lights as they pass like street lights and the lights of other cars and the blue and red of cop cars at different times in the movie you know mm-hmm. um yeah i know that there was a lot of you know work on uh, i i read an interview with him because uh, it's you know everything the cage pops up in my feed um because of the quick cage but uh, I read an interview with him last week where apparently a lot of it was shot on a soundstage. Um, everything was shot in Nevada and like there's like principal stuff like in Las Vegas, um, which I'm assuming is Cage's doing. Um, it sounded like Cage had a lot of freedom on this movie to do make decisions and do things that he wanted to do. Um, and I'm assuming signing on to the movie, he probably got him to make sure that it's filmed in Vegas. Is Vegas itself play a integral role to the movie just by any chance no okay 
So I'm he's... trying to think if it's even. I mean, again, I'm almost 100% positive Boulder City is where Cage is forcing Kenneman to go. And it's an hour away from wherever they are, but I don't think they mentioned where they are at the time. It doesn't matter in any event. Okay, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter. So, yeah. So, I'm pretty sure it's probably was filmed there because Cage lives there. Yeah. And he forced, you know, the production to kind of move to him. Um, So, a funny anecdote is that, like, one of the central defining features is this, like, shockingly bright red hair that this character has. Which, as soon as you see him, really does kind of lend the, um, you know, the idea of him being, like, like a devilish character, like Mm -hmm. a supernatural character. Which apparently he just showed up on set with it, and they kind of just let him roll with yeah, it. So. Right. Yeah. Um. The um. He took that from um. I I've never seen it. Um. You probably have, is my guess, but it's a a Mick Jagger movie called Performance. Oh yeah, Performance. That's a Nicholas Rogue movie. Oh okay. Um. But uh, he took it from that where, like, a character apparently like, puts his hand in, like, something and, like, slicks it back and it's, like, his hair's red. Yeah. Um, so that I'm not, a- um, not the biggest fan of performance, which is why I've never, like, forced you to watch it. So uh-huh. it's okay, but it's, like, my least favorite Rogue movie from that time period. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just... Uh, yeah that hair particularly like yeah uh, he didn't uh, he didn't talk about it he didn't i didn't hear that but he like just made the decision but um but he said that it was inspired by that like um because he was thinking a lot about Mick Jagger because of sympathy for the devil and yeah um you know so on and thought it was like a cool spot in that movie and wanted to kind of pay homage to it yeah i should um, watch that. i haven't watched that movie in a long time um well that's that's good i mean like you know i'm like half the time like I never know what to expect with Nicolas Cage anymore, you know? Um, like, dude's, like, knocking out of the park with some movies, and then yeah. it's, like, gone backwards um, to, like, his bullshit. But I mean, if we really look at, like, the last... It's been good recently. Let's say 18 months. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, starting with Pig, you know, he's got Pig, Unbearable, Weight of Massive Talent. Um. Right. A really good performance in Renfield, even though I didn't think the movie was like super great. Right. Um, and then this, which was a good movie and a good performance. So right. I mean, I haven't seen Butcher's Crossing. Um, I thought there was interesting stuff with him in the old way, even though I thought that movie was terrible. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen The Flash to comment on his um. What I guess is probably more or less a cameo in that movie. Yeah. Um. He he. That was brought up to him in that interview that I read, and um, um, he said he was glad he didn't blink. Um, while he was watching the movie, <laughs> um, because it's that short. Yeah. Um, but he was also very excited at the same time to finally sure. see. Um, he did yeah, mention it's... he did mention about Superman though. He said that uh, what I found it interesting considering how much from watching these movies and us talking about him, he said that if you wanted to know what his um Kal El performance because he won't call him Superman, um his Kal-El performance would have been is watch City of Angels because he was working the visual fabric, you know, like um, he, he was work, he was working towards Kal-El in that movie. Like he was working. Tells, some me, stuff tells out. me all I need to know. That's fine. <laughs> right. 
one of my least favorite Nick Cage movies. Yeah. But did uh, we rank the Nick Cage movies? Did I do that? Yeah. I you had you had a list on your phone forever and Yeah, it feels so long ago. Mm-hmm. You did like uh tier tiered stuff, right? Like, you know, like Oh, I did do tier. Yeah. Um I think it's on our Instagram maybe as well. I posted it. I mean, I, I, I drew list. it. Yeah. Yes, you drew it right. Yep. Uh-huh. It's on our Instagram. I pro I have it in some folder on here, I'm sure. Um so um yeah, so that's cool. Um so what was the um oh man, it's been so long. What's the what's the movie score and what's the cage score? Uh the movie's a solid eight out of ten. Okay. Um it's a nine out of ten cage performance. Hmm, nice. It's one of his um one of his best and most nuanced, I think. Mm-hmm. Um I'm trying to find this fucking list. I can't uh I can't minimize the zoom and go through my folders and trying to find the folder that it would be in in other ways. Just feels like a it's really funny because um that was probably when when did we end the quick cage? Two thousand twenty one? Well, right. it was, we had that, uh, yes, because we had 2022 was Spin Chagrin, yeah, and this year, so yeah. it, remember it ended, like, maybe, like, October of I found 21? it. Okay. Um, I would put this as an S-tier gauge movie. Oh, that's right, you didn't do shit tier, right, like, what is the S-tier? There's an extra tier for Wicker Man, and there's an <laughs> F-tier. God, F-tier. F tier is a long tier. <laughs> F tier is Cotton Club, Boy in Blue, Time to Kill, Honeymoon in Vegas, Snake Eyes, Sunny, Bangkok Dangerous, Seeking Justice. Oh God, I've watched so many fucking Nick Cage movies. Yes. Trespass, Stolen, Left them. Behind, Dying of the Light, The Runner, Pay the Ghosts, USS Indianapolis, Vengeance, A Love Story, Inconceivable, Looking Glass, Humanity Bureau. Score to Settle, Grand Island, Prisoners of a Ghost Land, and Willie's Wonderland. I didn't even put um, City of Angels as F tier. Hmm. It's Damn. D tier. Damn. D tier is also super long. <laughs> um. So what is is S tier your top tier? Yeah, S tier is Moonstruck, Wild at Heart, Adaptation, Mandy, Color Out of Space, Pig. And then I would add um, Unbearable Weight and uh, this movie to the S tier Cage movies. Good. Um, That's pretty high praise then. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's... I laughed several times. I kind of marked out to the cinematography and the action several times. And I definitely was constantly engaged with um kinnaman and uh, cage and their interaction with each other so what are, are things like joe and frozen ground on the second tier like from the top uh no i actually have joe as a b tier movie joe's probably an a tier movie i should move that up a tier is rumblefish red rock west matchstick men lord of war um bad lieutenant port of call new orleans the trust and mom and dad but you know what? I I think Joe is is an A tier 
Frozen Ground is B tier. Hmm. Uh, did you do the animated movies when you did that list? When you made your rankings? I can't remember. I do not have them, I don't think. Okay. I don't see... Because we just, you know, if you remember, we just kind of combined a bunch of them all. Yeah, in. I remember. Yeah. <clears throat> so you've watched over... That's why yeah, I think you always get confused. You've watched over 100 Cage movies. Oh, yeah. Um, because of that, we've just, you know... Right, yes. But, uh... <laughs> There's not over 100 episodes because of the combining of the animated movies. Yeah. Fucking. Is it the trust that you. We did a watch along on, or was. No, it's not the trust. I think you watched the trust because I told you to watch the trust. Maybe. What was the one that we did a watch along of? And it's like the weird shit with the father and son. Oh. Um... Oh, what is that called? Uh, hold on, I'll find it. Score to settle. Score to settle. Okay. Score to settle. Oh, that's so much more recent than I think. Thought no, is that what it's called? Nineteen-year uh, release from prison, diagnosed with insomnia. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. 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 Weird. All oh, right. I own so many bad Nick Cage movies. Yeah, James LaBrosa's son plays the son in those. Right? Mm-hmm. Because there were so many times where right. I, it, right. nothing was streaming yeah. or available to rent, and I had to buy it off eBay in order to watch it. Yeah. So he um he has, uh, let's see, Retirement Plan comes out August 25th. I don't know if that's in theaters or on streaming directly. Um, Dream Scenario, an uh, image got released this past week. Um from Dream Scenario of Cage um, in Practical Makeup. Um, for that role, that's the one where it's like uh, a professor who, like, you know, appears in everybody's dream um, one night and becomes a celebrity. Uh, that's right. A twenty. That's A twenty four. Yeah, A twenty four. And then um, Arcadian, which is some sort of um, horror movie uh, with no real plot yet, and then uh, Long Legs, which is the Oz Perkins um, movie where. I don't know. I'm assuming Cage is playing a serial killer, but I don't know that for sure. Um, and then we didn't talk last time because I forgot about it. Uh, that he is, has a his own character as Nick Cage in Dead by Daylight now. Uh, have you have you seen this shit yet, Frank? No, I don't really care about those games. I mean, but, well, I guess look it up. I was going to say who who doesn't. I'll share it with you. I'll just show you the trailer. Oh, hold on. I got to fucking <laughs> acknowledge your recording. He got to he got to lean forward. Uh-oh. All right. It's There's only like a minute long. Powerful than imagination. I want to tell you it's a long lean, okay? Thank you. Transforming <laughs> everything you may think you know, but as with any power of such magnitude, it's unpredictable. First, I thought it was all a cruel joke. Oh, so Nick Cage is a good guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Force of great cosmic evil. 
Truth is, none of that matters. Yeah, you play as Nick Cage, and he's a good guy. Yeah. Because even after all the death, decay, and darkness, I still remember exactly who I am. <laughs> uh, I mean, good for Nick Cage, right? Yeah, sure is. Sure, he made a, a bit of a payday for that. Um, I wonder, I, how much DL, so. I wonder how much that DLC costs. Twenty bucks. Nick Cage deals. I think they all are twenty dollars. Yeah, like unless you get them. Nah, it's only um. I don't even know what that means. Um, it's only four ninety nine or oh right because he's five hundred Oryx cells or yeah. Whatever. That's what I got in my pocket right now. <laughs> um, because he's only a survivor, so he doesn't alter the. Mm. I guess the overall gameplay. He just right. Whatever. All right. So like a skin with different language, yeah, like yeah. different. Dialogue sound. and shit. Mouth, yeah. mouth, mouth sounds. Yeah. Dialogue. Mouth sounds. Okay. Hell, Ron Hubbard. Uh, <laughs> uh, again, you watch. Was that. there any food? Was there any food in this movie? There's a diner. What do they get in the yeah, diner? What yeah, food I, they eat in the diner? The fucking tuna melts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let, we we'll need to do an in depth food chat, but let me tell you this. Uh-huh. A fucking tuna melt is disgusting. And someone choosing a tuna melt as the thing to get, even worse. So, I'm just going to leave it at that. Tuna melts are gross. I, whatever. I, I, I think I think a tuna melt can be good. No. Um, when? I, I've had tuna melts that I have enjoyed eating. I don't believe it. Um, have you done tuna melts on um, an English, English muffin? Yeah, so you eat a tuna melt. Gross. All of them? I've seen know, it on sourdough and stuff like that. Like, you like sourdough better? Would sourdough make it better? I'm not a big fan of sourdough. You're all about some sourdough, but I don't like it too much. <laughs> all right, so do you know what Nick Cage's favorite, like his like favorite uh food is? It's a combination butter and banana sandwich. No, it's a combination of a of a of a drink and a a meal, and it's from a fast food place. I'll give you that, and then you can take another guess. A frosty? No, I have no idea. The drink, okay. It is KFC. It's an original recipe, KFC, and champagne. Blended together? I mean, no, just, I mean, uh, you drink champagne while you're eating original recipe KFC. No. So, he... That's fake. (laughs) No, it all all goes back to this childhood memory that he has. Why are you trying to always ruin my hero's was When I was nine years old, when I was nine years old, my father brought home a bucket of Colonel Sanders' original recipe and a bottle of champagne. The combination of this Americanized tempura chicken, 
and champagne was absolutely unforgettable. I don't know if I'd recommend doing that with anyone's nine-year-old, but it was fun at the time. Um, that was a direct quote. Now, even this was a few years ago, this interview. Now, even at the age of 57, he says, whenever I make a movie, it's my wrap present to myself. At the end of the movie, I go and get a bucket of original recipe and champagne, and that's how I celebrate. You know, one of the biggest mistakes I ever made was reading about, like, Jean-Paul Sartre, right? You know? Right. So this, the, the, this is the same thing. Like, let's... Right, you never read about T.S. Eliot, right? No, I know some terrible things about him. Mm. You gave me a book that made me read about him too. So <laughs> what um what uh what's what's so terrible about learning Nick Cage's favorite food? I don't know. I just don't want to hear quotes from him. It's like <laughs> nails on the book. Um The other funny thing that I found related to food with Nick Cage was he said in an AMA one time, um, a couple years ago somebody asked him what his favorite meal like the best meal that he ever had was and he said that he and charlie sheen um back in like 96 went to this restaurant in san francisco because they had square tube pasta and they were really interested in trying it and it was his favorite meal and it was so good they went back again the next day and had it and apparently this sent foodies on the internet a buzz trying to figure out what the fuck Nick Cage meant by square tube pasta in from 1996. Um, like multiple, ar- like many articles written on different websites trying to like parse through and investigate like what the hell he was talking about. Um, in 96? In 96 is when him and Sheen had this meal um, with the square tube pasta. Is it like manicotti or something? Um, I mean, that was, that was that's a theory. Like you know, um, the where it all falls apart. There's multiple theories, but where it all falls apart, like a lot of things fall apart, is that Coppola, sorry, Cage is a Coppola, and you would think, being from that family, he would and talks about how much pasta he fixes at home and shit like that. He would know his fucking noodles a bit more. Um, so some people, some people seem to think he's talking about cannelloni. Um, but again, like, I thought cannelloni was round. Um, there were people that were making it more squarish by 1996, apparently. Um, but yes, traditionally, it is. Like, these are people that, like, know, like, all, like, the iterations of, like, when different types of pasta and shit were done. Um, I'm looking up to try and find square cannelloni, and I don't see any. I mean, again, I think think manicotti is traditionally kind of squarish. Yeah, they, they, yeah, somebody, I can't remember why they ruled that out, like, necessarily. Um, But I know people... uh, Somebody ruled it out, and if I remember seeming like a good reason, I just took a couple, jotted down a couple things, um, where it seemed like what they could actually be talking about. Um, Calamarata is what one person ended up like coming up with. I don't know what that pass is. Um, 
it's named that because I guess it like mimics the rings of calamari. Um, yeah, that does look like calamari rings. And and it and it did exist. Um, overseas by the early '90s, apparently, and uh, so she thinks it's possible it could have made its way over to San Francisco and, like, you know, in the kind of higher end restaurants of people testing stuff out. Um, she, she, this girl from Solano, uh, Ashley Stevens, just so I can give her credit, also um said that apparently one of Nick Cage says that one of his specialties is um. I don't, I don't, I can't pronounce all these Italian things. Seafood Arabiata, um, mm, yeah, is like one of his specialties that he cooks, and she thinks that he would probably because of that, like he might, it might be like you know. So look up this pasta. You ready? Okay. Yep. P a c c h e r i, pacheri, pacheri. P a c c what? P A C C H E R I, but Jerry. That is yeah. definitely square tube pasta. Yeah, one... and it's stuffed. I mean, seriously, it just looks like manicotti to me. I don't know what the difference would be. Right. Yeah, I can't tell how big these things are for the. Cherry, I mean, Pacheri uh, is a type of pasta in the shape of a very large tube originating from Campania. They are generally smooth, but there is a rib version, Pacheri Miliegre. The name comes from the Neapolitan Pacieria slaps with the depreciative arrow to indicate something common. Okay. It's the slapping sound. Man, there's, I'm not, I'm not expanding that, um, I quote. Yeah, I mean, some of them, some of them look a little like, yeah, like squares. But yeah, I don't know who knows. And some, of them, yeah, that's, um, yeah, I, I like, yeah, people like, like it's like, seriously like I'm not like exaggerating. Like people like lost their fucking minds. Like, um, trying like on different like websites, like trying to figure this shit out. Even um, coming from an Italian family, you don't like. My family has I don't know shit a dozen pastas that we eat. You know what I mean? And there's like hundreds of pastas. So right. I didn't eat um like capitelli or whatever until I was an adult, you know? Yeah. Or fusilli. Like we never had fusilli when I was a kid. We had spaghetti and we had (laughs) rigatoni and we had like penne and you know, I mean there's like sure, right. The normal right. That's like what dozens that, of pasta char, char or whatever. Like that that's what it reminds me of is some like kind of like uh non ruffled like rigatoni or something like that. Like yeah. um, see I don't even know fucking words like to describe these things. Fluted. Fluted or ribbed. Mm. Be how you ribbed. Sure. Brother. Um, ribbed is rib, ribbed is like less pronounced than fluted, I believe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. What the I, fuck do I know about anything? But you know more than me. Um, but yeah, so but it makes sense. Um, that like he wouldn't know that. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I'm not criticizing him. People were just just trying to figure it out, though. Like, I don't think anybody's really criticizing him necessarily. Um, so much as, um, but yeah, like, uh, and plus, like, yeah, his fucking dad's bringing home original recipe and champagne. So, like, you know, I mean. So you know on the um 
the Spin Chagrin podcast, um, we were talking about crackers, and I made up a cracker song. Yes. I just want to let you know that I immediately had a song come to mind when you said square tube pasta. Yeah? Yeah. Based to the tune of what? Um, Monster Magnet's uh, Space Lord. Do you remember that song? <sighs> no. Space Lord, mother, mother. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got yeah. you. So <laughs> I, I kept thinking, square tube pasta, pasta, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of Nick Cage singing that. So that's that's what I've been thinking this whole time, just so you know. Nick Cage sings in this movie, too, that you watched, right? Apparently. I think I read that from... Yeah, I mean, okay. there's... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of exchange between the two of them as they're driving. And again, it like really paints a good indistinct picture for the majority of the movie as to who is who and like what's their story and where they're from and stuff. It's 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 pretty good. Good. And it's it's a very, very satisfying like revelation or whatever. Like when you finally get the answers to who is what everyone is, I guess. Okay. So um s tier ranking for this one and we will be back so. I, yeah yeah and we'll be back i guess uh sometime in probably late august uh to mid-september with um another episode of quick cage unless uh what's the movie that you're waiting for to come out was it butcher's way butcher's way never, never coming, coming out, out. Right. right so you can't even find a fucking release date on that shit like it's so annoying <laughs> that i have to that you have to wait for this thing and here's the thing is that I'm not 100% confident that's a it's a movie that would like pop up prominently on Prime. So here's a peek into my fucking psyche. Mm-hmm. I search for this goddamn movie. Yeah. Is it Butcher's Way? Apparently in, in the Netherlands, it came out on April 27th of 2023. <laughs> well, it got released. It's not Butcher's Way. What is it called? Butcher's Crossing. But right, thank you. Yeah, Maybe that's why I can't find it. <laughs> um, Butcher's Way. There's a book called Butcher's Way, I think. Well, this is based on a book. This Butcher's Crossing. God, it's so annoying. Like, I just wanna, I just wanna watch it. Right. It's right. not fair to me. But you can't. <laughs> Oh, I'm thinking of so Butcher's anyway, Moon, which is uh, Richard. So Cameron. every fucking Friday, I look for this goddamn movie. That's really sad. <laughs> do you like sit there? What do you What do you do? You go like to your like ultra search, like like free for Frank ultra search on your TV or something, and like put it in and like no, hope I, beyond, I, hope... I just I start on Prime. Oh, you do like a circuit. Like I start on Prime and then I look on my phone to see if it's streaming somewhere like for free. Right. That maybe Prime didn't capture. Right. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> do you, do you think man. to yourself like this this could be the week? Yeah. When I saw his face pop up. Ah. Oh my god. Right. But but it wasn't him. But it worked out in the end. So it did. It was I mean it was yeah. Yeah, better than I thought it was going to be. Obviously, yeah, I had no expectations. Yeah, can't ever have expectations with Nick Cage, or else you're going to be sad. You get Willy's Wonderland. <laughs> right, right. 
All right. Well, we'll be back here in another, uh, you know, uh, month, uh, you know, or so. Um, probably with Square another Square two pasta, pasta. <laughs>